Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off The Beaten Track Podcast. I'm your host. I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week. Therefore, it's another episode. Today's episode, it's only Matt Willis from Busted. So, I'd never met Matt before. Um, we have lots of mutual friends. Um, I'd heard him on Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces, and Pip said he was an uh, absolutely lovely guy. And also previous guests, uh, Adam Perry and uh, Jason Perry from uh, A and the Blood Ang Gang, um, also said what an uh, absolute delight Matt was. And they were telling the truth, as you're about to find out. Um, had an absolutely lovely time chatting to, to Matt. Uh, when, when, when he came into the uh, studio to do this. Um, before we get on with the episode, just um, big thanks to 76 for producing this. Um, big shout-out to everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Go and uh, check out some of the podcasts over there. There's some absolutely cracking stuff there. And if that's not enough, then please go and check out www.podbiblemag.com, which is the magazine owned by myself and Scroobius Pip and Adam Richardson. Uh, Adam's also the guy that does the artwork for the uh, Off the Beaten Track podcast. Um, and that's our magazine, and it's a website, and it's a podcast, and it's a one-stop shop for all things podcasts. Go and check it out. Um, the Pop Bible podcast has had previous guests such as, oh, blimey, where to start? No Such Thing as a Fish, Johnny Vaughan, Cariad Lloyd. Oh, gosh. Everyone, you name it, in the world of podcasting, they've all been on the Pop Bible podcast, and it's just a short little 20-minute show, and yeah, it's all your favourite podcasters talking about their podcast and also talking about the podcast that they enjoy listening to. So, um, so that's available in all the the usual outlets. Um, I'll sharp now and let's get back to uh, today's episode. Please enjoy off the beaten track podcast with the lovely Matt Willis. I've got an announcement. Save our souls clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk. Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. And in addition to that, 
They only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk Official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track podcast. Let's get back to that podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Right, we're good. Right, we're recording. Uh, we're in uh, Trendy East London today. And uh, joining me today is Matt Willis. Hello. Hi. You all right? Yeah, I'm wicked. I'm really good. So we've never met before, have we? We've never met. No, we've just been having a chat that we've got yeah. uh, a few mutual friends. Yeah. So we've been uh, we've been chewing the fat on that. But I always start this podcast, Matt, with track one, which is the song with the greatest intro. Yes, this was hard because there's okay. a lot of them, you know. But um, and all of me wanted to pick a Daft Punk tune. Okay. Because, but then I was like, when does the intro finish in a Daft Punk yeah, song? I'm like, I'm like, some of them, the intro feels like it extends yeah. for four minutes. You know, so I was like, and, um, and I just wanted to kind of pick something that makes me go, yeah. yeah. And, um, and the Chili Peppers, um, Can't Stop, is, is that one for me. You know, I've, I've actually got it at multiple places. Um, uh, I've started running recently, which I hate. And, um, and when I start to really hate it, I just got that power song yeah. and I put that on it just riles me up yeah you know but um starts with a bass as well doesn't it yeah a little bit and a, and a little guitar lick as well which is um and it just kind of um that that bass really rumbling as well mm. it's a real nice rumble underneath yeah. you know and it really kind of um it's just a vibe and that John Frusciante I always say his wrong name wrong John Frusciante that's the one yeah John Frusciante's guitar part is just when it kicks yeah. in it's just one of the most kind of amazing feeling guitar yeah. parts I've ever heard it just yeah. makes me feel amazing were the Peppers a big band for you? Uh, my brother was into them I wasn't allowed to be into them when I was younger because he was into them oh is that how it worked? that's how it worked right. yeah, I got Green Day and he got the Chili Peppers that's you know. Bad. so, um, so um, uh, but, but I, I loved them I absolutely loved them and we went to um, like his mate Chris Day um, had a record player and he had um, um, loads of Chili Peppers records. We'd go around there and smoke and sit in his room and listen to vinyls yeah. and kind of like it was just... Um, I just remember being such a like a big force in my life very early on. Those kind of early kind of weed smoking days yeah. were kind of like just filled with Chili Peppers. It was wicked. Nice. Yeah. Now, I want to ask, when you... I want to talk about the importance of intro. Mm. Um, and... And we've busted being a pop band. Yes. Like, how much emphasis then, and then I want to talk about when you make music now, in, how much emphasis is on 
an intro now compared to then? Because back then, I imagine the idea with, with most pop music is to hook people straight away. Yeah, I think so. Don't bore us, get to the chorus or something we always heard again and again myself, and again, yeah. you know. And that was kind of a, um, a reoccurring theme in everything we wrote. You know, our verses were very short, you know, and, um, and the intros were short as well. But they always started with some kind of lick that kind of got you the vibe of the track yeah. immediately, you know. So, um, um, like, I remember Year 3000, like, um, like that kind of, that that keyboard part which will always kind of haunt my dreams forever that kind of I didn't I didn't like it like at the beginning I really disliked that part and um and I kind of fought hard about it um and I remember it being like um a real kind of um because we wrote these songs on acoustic guitar and we had them for like two years yeah on like um on like a little four track in James's bedroom in Essex and like that and we just had these songs for you know, and there was such a, we had such ideas about how they were going to sound. And then when we got with um, a producer who was, you know, a big deal for us to be in a room with someone like um, Steve Robson, who was, who was at the time, you know, breaking through with a few acts. Yeah. And we were kind of like just stoked to be in his room, really. You know, so when there was ideas about music and stuff, it was very hard to kind of sit back and take these things. But you had to kind of trust that people yeah. had these things. And so that, that, um, that lick was something that we didn't, bring to the table yeah. that's the only part of that song that we didn't bring and i think because of that i hated it yeah and i think oh, really? i always kind of hated that that sound and like yeah. and it, and now like you know we play it live and that fucking thing comes yeah. on we've actually changed it now a little bit like right. live to kind of fit in with what we're sounding like these days yeah so it's kind of it's kind of taken a bit of a back seat that yeah. that intro but um but i think you know we were always kind of cautious about um being you know it's pop music you've got to grab them You've got to grab him instantly, and you've got to kind of give him a flavour of what's to come with the very beginning of the track. I was yeah. felt it was it was pop music, but it was for you know for, for someone. I'm, I'm a lot older than you, Matt, yeah. and and I, I I I saw Busted, and and for me, I think it was a real brilliant gateway for for kids to get into guitar music. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, because it, it did have that kind of pop marketing to a degree yeah but it was kids writing and playing music and yeah, like, yeah, and, yeah. and i think there isn't loads of that to this day still yeah, and I, th I, think I think that was what people found it quite hard to kind of get their head around i think yeah. because um and also if i'm honest we never meant to be a pop band we wanted to be blink 182 we yeah. sat in our bedrooms and that's what we green day and blink 182 were what we strive to be sure you know i remember hearing um you know blink literally changed my life i remember hearing um Bring One Eight Two and it being, oh my God, this is everything I've been waiting for. And you, like, this is the band that I've. They're so fun and everything I want to be. And that, that literally, that was that was always something which was in our heads of what we wanted to our band to become. And then we got signed, and um, and I think it was because everything happened in such a strange way because me and James were together for years, and then like about three weeks before we got signed, we got Charlie in because no one wanted us. Like everyone kind of looked at these. You know, we didn't have a band, but just me and James writing songs. So we were two weird-looking skater kids that no one really took seriously. And so enter handsome lead singer, and bang, we got signed in three weeks, you know, of the same songs. But it was... Um, that it, quick? It literally, like, we walked into the office. Charlie was such a good-looking bastard that yeah. he just walked in and everyone was like, who are you guys? You know? <laughs> and I was like, cool, we got really fucking cool songs as well, you know? And, um, yeah. and it happened really quickly, you know? And, um, and then I think, you know, I think... We, um, we, you know, the kind of pop thing happened, and um, 
And me and James were just stoked to be making records. And How old were you then? 18. Seems you know. insane, Yeah, it's insane, you know. And, um, and I think, um, so, um, so there's certain parts of it and certain parts of the marketing that I think Charlie especially had big issues with. You know, Charlie joined what he heard on Acoustic Guitar as a Blink-182 band. Right. You know, and then before we knew it, we were on the front cover of Smash Hits and doing all this stuff that he just found, you know, just ate away soul yeah. you know so um you know which eventually left him um ended in him leaving sure. the band you know because of that you know whereas um whereas i was just like if i'm honest i was just like cool these are our songs i'm happy you yeah. know i was just going to kind of cool place and um you know but it really kind of ate him up yeah yeah all right we'll pick back up on that that like no, uh, um for track two matt first thing mm. i remember hearing it had an emotional impact on you a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, I remember um, in my, on the drive to, we used to go to this holiday camp. We used to go to multiple holiday camps. One was called Sussex Beach which was um, I don't remember, in Sussex somewhere. And one was um, Haven Holiday Camp in Hastings. And like we used to drive, and it was, used to be the longest time I'd ever been in a car. Yeah. And, um, and my mum and my stepdad had like multiple terrible tapes that they would put in the, in the car. Go on. Oh, like, um, like literally like covers bands from like <laughs> Haven and stuff like that that, they, yes. that they'd bought off them and stuff like that. They were just, <laughs> it was awful music. I'd sit in a car just like, you know, like, you know like we got an hour and 40 minutes of this shit you yeah. know so um, it would just be terrible and occasionally my mum would put on Sweet who I kind of liked yep. you know that was kind of like I kind of liked a bit of that you know but um, but I remember that um, that they had a Beach Boys tape and um, and it would only come out every now and again and I'd ask for it and it would come on and it would just be like this um, and I remember Wouldn't It Be Nice as the one song that started off the album you know like um, and um it would just be on first and it would just be, and I, I so felt that at the time. I was just like, man, I just want to be old enough. One, to not have to be in this car. Yeah. Two, to get the fuck out of where I live. <laughs> you know, all this kind of stuff yeah. was just like, man, I'm, I'm 12 and I can't do anything. Yeah. You know, like I'm just stuck in this life, you know. And, um, and I remember it like really resonating with me, you know, to just want to be older, want to be free, want to be out of this life that I had. So what was that 
emotion, frustration. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. I was very frustrated as a kid. I kind of never really f felt I fit in anywhere. You know, like um, I was kind of one of those kids that kind of never really found his kind of his his group. You know, I had groups of mates. I'm still mates with them now. You know, but I was never really like you know like them. You know, like in some weird way. You know, I was always kind of a bit different and a bit, um, and I was always kind of trying to find out what that was, trying to fit in, yeah. trying to find somewhere that I could call home. You know. What was it that you thought was different about you? Well, I kind of, um, I wasn't content. You know, I had no, I had a kind of, um, I had a, a, a drive that was kind of different. It wasn't ne necessarily a drive to achieve. It was a drive to just change my life. You know, I kind of, um, I was, uh, you know, from like a, you know, shitty council area and kind of like, and, and I, you know. Where, where, where was that? Where was that? It was a town called Molesy. It's just, just by Kingston. Right. And um and Parson Molesy are lovely, but my part was terrible. And I kind of um and I kind of um I don't know, ever since I was a young age I just wanted to be away, you know, I wanted to be somewhere else, you know, and yeah. um, and I felt like um and I felt like the only one who felt like that. You know, so it was um it was uh always a strive to change where I was. Was you a confident kid? Um, not really. No, I had a good good mouth on me though. Yeah. You know, so I could talk the talk, you know, and I kind of um and I talked my way out of loads of trouble and I was kind of always quite um, I don't know, I was really self-conscious and insecure for most of my life, <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, that's when, you know, drink and drugs really kind of like sure. helped in that way, like a little yeah. bit of liquid confidence and wow, I'm suddenly the person I always wanted to be, you yeah. know, so it was, um, but I remember always feeling kind of um, uncomfortable in my own skin when I was a kid. Yeah. Okay, well, while we're talking about being a kid, um, track three, Matt, the song reminds you of your, your time at school. Um, the song that reminds me of my time at school. Yeah. Which one did I say? She. Oh right. Okay. Great. You're right. Okay. So um. So yeah. So this was this was um. This was a hard one. Right. Because Green Day was such a big band for this me. This is secondary school, right? This is um. Well, do you know what? Yeah, probably, probably ending primary, going into secondary, like yeah. ten, eleven. Yeah. You know, like me and my brother had a covers band with Peter Alexander and Chris Day. These like the four of us, and we were fucking terrible. We were called Sabotage, you know. And we solid um, name, though. solid name, right? I know. <laughs> one day I will be back in Sabotage, um, and my circle will be complete. But um, yeah, we kind of um, uh, and we just play covers, you know. And um, and I was on the drums, you know. I can't play the drums several nights, yeah. so that's how good we were. It don't matter that, you know. Exactly, it. we were just having a great time. And I yeah. um, and I got like a, I actually randomly won a drum kit. Like one morning, I was I was before school. I must have been like about. 11 and um and i was watching sky television right and we just got sky and it was a big deal we got like sky yeah. in the morning there was this program called boiled eggs and soldiers which you watch before you go to school yeah. i remember and there was and they had this um olympian on this swimmer and the question was to win a drum kit like which olympic sport do they do the crawl and i was like so they said, please check with your parents and check with anybody. Just yeah. on the phone. <laughs> I went, swimming, swimming, swimming. Um, gave my address. Didn't think anything of it. Yeah. I came home on my birthday like that, walked into my living room. There's a fucking drum kit sitting there. That's was a like, good day, I, mate. I know. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, so I won this Pearl drum kit, which I later sold and yeah. like, was, was really chuffed with the money I got yeah. for it as well. But for a few years, I had this fucking drum kit in my, my bedroom, which was uh, much to my family's dismay. You know, but it was, um, it was, uh, yeah, so we played the drums in Sabotage. Nice. And, uh, yeah, but like, Green Day, honestly, like, they, they were such an important band to me. And I think forever, 
I have been on a search to get this bass tone. Like really? this, where this this song starts, like Mike Dernst's bass tone, the beginning of She, that punchy, picky sound. Yeah. I've kind of been playing around with that for years, trying yeah. to fucking get that exact sound. I've almost got it a few yeah. times, you know. Like um, now, my sound's a bit different, but um, it's definitely it stuck in my brain, yeah. you know. And it's a really amazing. He's such a solid bass player. It was just a really, you know. And it kind of I, I don't know why, but Green Day made me feel like I could do it, you know. Like um, like other bands felt like the Chili Peppers and stuff felt too. I, I think they. They Green Day had the it almost felt DIY. It, yeah, it felt totally, like, totally. Know, Especially it, Dookie, which was my yeah. favourite album. You know, probably one of them of all time. Yeah. You know, it really felt like I could make this. Yeah. I could do this if we got good sabotage. We could fucking make this album. Yeah. You know, and it really um, and uh, yeah, just um, but also his writing was so amazing, so yeah. beautiful. His lyrics really touched me. You know, in a you know in a, in a way that normally I don't think people would have given yeah. Green Day the credit for at the time. What he was writing about that kind of the feelings and emotions of being a yeah. kid at that age, you know, that were really resonating with me. And it was, um, but it just sounded everything I wanted to sound like. Yeah. I was like, man, this album is, you know. How, how old are you, man? I'm 36. 36, yeah. yeah. So you would have been pretty young when Dookie dropped. Oh, I was really young. Yeah, yeah. I remember, um, like I said, my brother and his friend Chris had it. So I Older brother it. then. Older brother, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and Chris, they played it. And, um, and it was, um, like I really, early on, my music all came from them. You know, like, because um, my mates um, and me listen to happy hardcore and drum and bass and yeah. garage music. That's kind of what my my age group were listening yeah, to. Yeah, of course. And my brother's age group were listening to Nirvana and things like yeah. this, which I missed. Yeah. You know, so I was kind of getting a lot of my musical taste from them, you know, and a lot from my mates as well. Like, yeah. garage and drum and bass were a big part of my life as well. I think even for, like, a, a, a young kid... Just the sleeve of Dookie. I know, yeah, yeah. He's going to pull yeah, you yeah. in as well. It's such a great sleeve, yeah, isn't it? It's incredible. It's such an amazing album yeah. cover, you know. And, like, and really, and I still look at it now and find yeah. new things. I'm like, oh shit, you know, like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. such an amazing, amazing album cover. Yeah. So, was you at school? Was you was you creative? Um, was I creative? No. I don't think so. I don't really think I was ever really exceptionally talented. Like, I didn't have that kind of, like, flair that you see. Like, I mean, James, when I met James, he just, he had zero charisma, but more talent than you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. And I was like, funny to fucking stick to this guy like glue. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, as soon as I met him, I was like, you are my yeah. mate. You know, I'm getting um, out of sabotage I'm getting out of now. sabotage now with this guy. <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, but I had, all, I had the other stuff that he lacked, you know, yeah. so we kind of, like, and um and this kind of um and a different way of you know we just worked really well together we yeah. wrote really well together it kind of just flew out of us you know lyrically it was really um it was really fun to for us to play with these things that kind of were kind of jokes in a way yeah. that we kind of made a little bit deeper yeah. you know and it was um and it just felt really good but um yeah I didn't ever feel like I was really very very um. When I was a kid at school, I mean, I was I was into drama. Like I was, that's the only thing yeah. that kept me at school, really. If I'm honest, was drama. So no music at school, very little. Like we did one class a week. Um, there was like a guitar with five strings and yeah. nylon guitar with you know and a keyboard with missing black keys and things. Yeah. You know, it was just a, a shithole music yeah. room, you know. But um, and no one really cared about me. Music was the DOS class. Yeah. You know, so um, I didn't really ever really pick up music in that class. I didn't ever really take it. Yeah. You know, so it was um. But um, but drama was something which um, I, I found I could be creative in, and also play and have fun. Yeah, of course. You know, I kind of enjoyed that aspect of it. What did you want to be when you were at school? An actor. 
You know, that's always what I thought I would be. You know, I'm back at drama school now. Oh, really? Just, I went back last year. Like, Busted finished touring in, in September. So in June, I started to go back and, um, and started full-time again in September. Enjoying it? So then, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's something which has killed me that I didn't do. Yeah. You know, I kind of, um, it's, you know, I'm, I'm not complaining. I had a fucking amazing life, you know. Yeah. But, um, but it was something that I always intended to do. Like, I went to, to theatre school for two years, the end of my school, like, year 10, year 11. And then I was going to go on to a drama school that was what, yeah. always what I intended to do. And then Busted got signed and took me off in another yeah. direction, you know. So it's always been part of my life that I've never really fulfilled, you know. So, um, so I'm back there now. Great stuff. You know, so um, yeah, yeah, I was in there all day yesterday. It's mental. Track four, first song you bought from a record shop. Yes, I remember being very, very young. Right. And um, I got expe- I got um, suspended from primary school for. That's quite badass. I know, primary I know, school. I know. Yeah, suspended from primary school for cutting bricks into the side of my hair. Like um, because well, vanilla. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> cutting yeah. what? Okay, so um, so the song I'm gonna pick, the first song I bought right. ever was Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby. Great. I knew every word backwards. Like mm-hmm. I was obsessed with him. Watched Cool as Ice every fucking weekend. <laughs> I'd get up before. I'd have to because everyone in my house hated it. Yeah. So I'd have to get up early on a Saturday before everyone was up yeah. was up so I could watch Cool as Ice the movie. That's before they work out. I was convicted. I was properly <laughs> properly in it. Um. And I just thought it was the coolest guy in the world. I was just like thinking, oh my God, Vanilla Ice is so cool. And I I was really young, like seven or something, like really super young. It's one of my earliest memories was Vanilla Ice. And and he had um, bricks in the side of his head. Like he had like um, shaved bricks in his head. So I I went to school. Like I was like my son's age now. So like seven, eight or something like that. Um, And I cut them with safety scissors. I done it yourself. I done it myself under the table, you know. Um, shit up, didn't it, it was fucking fantastic. <laughs> and um and, like literally there was just random bald patches on the side of my head. And um and I had terrible I've got terrible hair, so it was really curly and horrible. Yeah. And these weird bald patches. <laughs> I was like, I think it looks all right. They look a bit like clouds. Yeah. You know, but um yeah, so it's terrible. So I got suspended until it had grown back. For vanilla ice chic. For vanilla ice chic. Yeah. Love it. And I remember I spent my tooth fairy money on vanilla ice. I was that young. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I saved up a few teeth to get vanilla ice, ice, ice baby. Brilliant. Yeah. Do you remember where you bought it? Woolworths. Nice. Um, Molsey High Street. Um, yeah, remember buying it. Um, I think my brother had bought something um, quite cool as well. I can't remember what he bought, but I bought vanilla ice. But I thought at the time he was the coolest thing on earth. Yeah. You know? And, um, and I remember I had it. Um, well, he was though, wasn't he? Yeah, he was so awesome. He was wicked, and, he, and I loved him. And um, and I and I literally sat in my room for days learning every lyric. Yeah. And I'd write them down, pause, rewind, pause. You know, like writing yeah. all the lyrics down, and then just rehearse them in my room. Brilliant. And then, like any kind of time there was a get together at my house, I'd bust it out. And the dance. Know. Um, I do the dance. I still do it very well now. Excellent. You know, I still remember that. Obviously, yeah, that'll come out. That'll come out every every now and again. It hasn't come out for a few years, but it's waiting. Was you obsessive yeah. then? Yeah, I was massively obsessive. Like if I got into something, I was I needed to know everything about it. Still, uh, I've lightened up a little bit about that because it's starting to become a problem. Yeah, you know. But um, <laughs> I've um, I've had to kind of kind of go. Oh, I can't go near that. Or yeah. that's a bit too much. You know. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, but a little bit obsessive compulsive about certain things. Like yeah. Vanilla Ice was definitely one of those. 
you know, like I learnt all his lines in the Cool as Ice movie. I learnt every word. So I could watch it and I could recite his lines and move my mouth at the same time as his mouth moved and stuff. It was very weird. It's an important thing to know. It's, it's, it's good to be able to do that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. exactly. With voiceovers, I kill it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello. I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is, the songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search Off The Beat and Track Podcast and you can listen to all the songs because I've put playlists up for each of these. If you can't find it on there, I'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode. So you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks. Anyway, I'll shut up, get back to the podcast. See you on the other side. Track five, Matt, the song that soundtracked your years in Clubland. Uh, this was a hard one for me because mm-hmm. um, because I didn't know what to do here. I was like, do I pick one that really... Um, but my, my clubbing years were garage music, like me and my mates. Well, I'd say that the first rave I went to... I was 14, almost 15, and my mate Wayne, who was 28, who lived in our local town, sold us weed, Mm. he was going to Rain Dance, and he got me a ticket. Um, so um, like I, I, I blagged some cash and I got this ticket to go to Rain Dance. And, um, but I was so young, I was like, I'm never going to fucking get in. Yeah. So, um, so I put my, my stepdad's brown leather jacket on, right? And like yeah. some old, like, like kind of like checkered shirt that I thought made me look grown up. And really, I got there. No one gave a fuck. They yeah. just let us in, you know. So um, the bricks grown out. The bricks are grown out. Bricks are grown out. Bricks are grown out. And um, and I went into this rave, and um, you know, I had my first real kind of drug rave experience, you know. And it was um, and it was a happy hardcore rave, like it was kind of a back to the old school kind of like. And it was um, I remember kind of these these just called Rat Pack were playing. Yeah. It was kind of um, you know, it was a big, but it was a sweat fest, dirty, grungy rave. And yeah. It was fucking amazing. It was. It was, one, it was one of the best nights of my life, if I'm yeah. honest. It was kind of a real eye-opening moment. Yeah. Oh, what a moment of 14. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was really... I mean, I was a bit too young to really understand what was going on, but it was... Um, it was... Uh, it was amazing. I yeah. remember it being literally like, oh, my God, I want to do this forever. Yeah. You know, and, um, and then if I'm honest, the next kind of five years of my life, I did. Yeah. You know, that was like a big part of my life. Like, But that group of friends I kind of stopped hanging out with so much. They were older than me anyway, and it was kind of a, a lot older than me yeah. at times. You know, like a few of them were more kind of like 19, 20, you know, and um, and who we were going out with. But I was just too young. I just felt like they, yeah. I was the, the little kid in the group. So then me and my, but me and my mate suddenly got to an age where we could go out. Yeah. And we started, um, and every Saturday we'd go to Bagley's in King's Cross. Nice. And um, there's a rave called Freedom there. Yeah. And it was, um, it was it was the best fucking nights of our life. Like we yeah. all will talk about it as being some of the best moments of our life together as mates who literally just wouldn't, you know, would just take the piss out of each other and be horrible blokes to each other. Yeah. Would literally just be hugging and jumping up and down. And yeah. Just like the most freeing, amazing experience, you know. What did I mean, you want from clubbing? I wanted to get off my tits. If I'm honest, that's all yeah. that. You know, I enjoyed um, I enjoyed the music. That's why um, when I picked this song, which is um, uh, 21 Seconds by So Solid Crew, um, it's because I tried to think of a garage track that, that everyone would 
no. Close. When really, that wasn't really the style of music I was raving to. I was raving to much more kind of um, deeper, grimier kind of garage. And that came on around at the end of my raving yeah. time. So Solid Crew kind of paved the way to it being, in my opinion, not what I wanted from raving. They took it to the mainstream, didn't they? They massively took it to the yeah. mainstream, you know. And, um, and, and also, what I loved about this track particularly is that everyone on it, has got a killer verse. Mm. Like, it's just like these fucking guys, man. I mean, I'd heard them on pirate radio stations and at raves yeah. for years doing some of these verses, yeah. you know, but there was there was one track where they all had their their set thing yeah. and it was just their fucking killer fucking yeah. bars, you know, so it was, um, and it was really great and I loved, I loved So Solid Crew so much. Like, I remember, um, uh, like, Busted went on the Smash Hits tour. Right. So the first year we kind of broke, we went on the Smash Hits tour and like, I was like, oh my God, fucking... Atomic Kitten are over there or, yeah. you know, or some other pop band or um, the Sugar Babes, you know. Yeah. And then suddenly, fucking MC Harvey from So Solid Crew was there. I shit my pants. I was like, <laughs> you know, I just fucking met um, Paul Weller the, the week before. Yeah. He came to one of our shows, you know, and I was like, cool, hi, mate. You know, but fucking MC Harvey from So Solid Crew <laughs> made me freak out. And, um, and there was, um, you know, it, was a re- it was a really weird tour, those tours, because suddenly you were like, around these people who you'd seen on, yeah. you know, Smash Hits and The Box and things yeah. like this. And we were just shithole kids, you know, we didn't really belong to be yeah, there, yeah. you know, so we were just like, what the fuck are we doing here? You know, and, um, and you were just in these rooms with these people and on tour with them. So you're in the same hotels, yeah. you know, smoking weed with So Solid Crew. It was just like, oh my God, I've arrived, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Did it arrived. feel like that? Did it just feel like this is, this is, did you enjoy it? Those times, yeah, yes, massively. Yeah. Like I loved it. I had the best time. Yeah, you know, um, and it's a weird juxtaposition because I was loving it, Charlie was hating it. Yeah. So it was a very weird kind of vibe within the band. But yeah. I was just, I was just like, I've, I felt like I'd waited my whole life to yeah. be doing stuff like this, and I was like, wow, we're, we're, you know, playing arenas. You know, yeah. who cares what it is? You yeah. know, it's just enjoy it. Yeah. You know, whereas really it was kind of um. It was a different vibe for him, you know. But um, and James was pretty much the same. But had a bit of both of us in him, you know. Yeah. He kind of like was torn with that way. But um, he also enjoyed doing what he was doing, yeah. you know. So it was. Um, but I enjoyed meeting other people, yeah. hanging out with different acts, like talking to these people who I thought were fucking big pop stars. You yeah. know, like oh my god, I'm in the same room as these people. You know? Yeah, but do you think at that point they were getting the same going? Oh, I've just spoke to Matt from Busted. No, no, we were very new on the scene then. Right, and we hadn't really become who Busted yeah. became, you know, so it was, um, we were just these kids who sung about yeah. a school teacher, you know, so, um, uh, yeah, but you say that, yeah, yeah, but, you know, you're on the Smash Hits tour and you're, you, you know, probably on the cover of Smash Hits and you're on, yeah, top, you know, yeah, you, yeah, and there was a definite bubble about, uh, there was a, there was a bubbling about us doing something, yeah. you know, but it wasn't until the next year and that, that Busted really, this yeah. was very early on that we, re- we released like what I got to school for, you know? Yeah. And so it was kicking off, but it wasn't really, yeah. um, it wasn't really where we were eventually yeah. going to be, you know, but it was, um, but I loved it. I had the best time, you know, and, um, and chatting to these guys, especially So Solid, who I thought were, you know, because they, they, they'd actually So Solid stopped then. It was their all solo careers. Yeah. So I remember um, Romeo was there who was my favourite and so yeah. solid. So I was chatting to him. I was a bit intimidated by him. He was really cool and suave. Yeah. And I was this fucking dorky kid. You know, so I was always a bit embarrassed. I felt a bit insecure yeah. when I spoke to him. But um, but yeah, it was amazing. It was wicked. So in, in the kind of, at, at this moment where it's, it's, it's all exploding, mm. I want to ask you a couple of things. And uh, uh, Did you have, 
vision to where you wanted to take it or was you just enjoying it for what it was at that moment? And the fact that the guy in your band wasn't enjoying it, how much yeah. of an impact did that have on you in, in, the, in, in like your day-to-day sort of life in Busted? Well, I mean, it's hard to say because, um, uh, I mean, the Charlie thing was, was difficult because he was genuinely really unhappy. You know, it wasn't like um, he's been a stroppy pop star. He yeah. was genuinely like oh, right. his integrity was being damaged, you know, and he kind of, you know, he'd always been, you know, a kind of metal kid at heart, yeah. you know, and like, um, and he was in this, you know, pop band and it wasn't quite what he ever intended to be. Mm. And I think everyone around him was saying, shut up, it's amazing. But he was like, no, this isn't right for me, you know. And, um, and uh, would, he, would you talk openly about this? Yeah, yeah, we talk about it, you know, like, but, um, but, but he couldn't talk about it in front of James because James hated him talking about those things because James loved our band, right? You know, and um, and um, and loved everything about it. You know, I was kind of in, I was kind of in two worlds because to be honest, I was I was kind of from, you know, I kind of understood where Charlie was coming from. You know, yeah. I knew a lot of people like Charlie, you know, and with their their kind of musical taste. And I knew, and at that time in the world, it was very tribal music. Like it wasn't like it is now. You know, like now I think you can be into kind of you could be into So Solid Crew and Green Day and Slipknot. Completely you blurred. Know, and completely thing. blurred. And like we're a playlist generation in a way now, so it kind of doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas then you were either a metal kid or an emo kid or yeah. a pop punk kid or a completely. teeny bopper as we were called. Yeah. You know, like so it was kind of you weren't really fucking allowed. And so what Charlie actually did when he stepped out of busted and went into fight style, went into a metal role world was a fucking brave move. Yeah. You know, people didn't like it. It took yeah. him a few years to kind of earn that yeah. earn their stripes. And they did, you know, so fair play to him. Yeah. You know, he really kind of um he really did something which no one really expected. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but- when uh, and, and the other question was like, oh, did sorry. you did you have um, was you plan was you looking forwards or was you just lost in it at the moment, and just enjoying it, or did you think um, like, what I want to do for the second uh, album? And what if I'm honest, I'd done everything I wanted to achieve by the time I'd released a song. That's great, man. Honestly, I really, I really had like we'd had an album in the charts. I was like, fucking hell, yeah. You know, like I really hadn't got, I never thought past that. Yeah. You know, like um, like um, and also we wrote it. I was yeah. like. You know, we, we 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 these songs that we'd had in, in our bedrooms for a couple of years yeah. were being sung by people back to us at gigs, and honestly, that was I was the happiest I'd ever been in my life at yeah. that point. You know, I couldn't quite believe what was happening to me. Yeah. Um, the thought of making another album I was like, holy shit, we're going to yeah. make a second album. You know, like, and this is going to carry on. You know, I was yeah. I was just blown away by that. I never really had. That's idea. lovely, mate. Yeah, it was nice. It was really, really, yeah. um, it was a really kind of, you know, so even when it ended, I was kind of like, well, you know, I kind of had a fucking good run. Yeah. You know, like when, you know, after a few years when we split up, you know, I was kind of, um, it wasn't till six months down the line that I suddenly went, oh, what the fucking hell am I going to do now? Yeah. You know, what am I, you know, oh my God, now I have to think about the rest of my life and I'm 21. Well, you know, that that was a bit, a bit of a yeah. mind fuck for me. But, um, but, um, but at the time, I was like, well, you know, this has been cool. You yeah. know, I've done everything I wanted to achieve. Never really meant to be a pop star. It's cool. Yeah, but that, yeah. I mean, that's wonderful that you can mm. feel like that. Just go, well, look, this is what I wanted to do, and I've done it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, like, totally, um, yeah. And, and that's, mm. to, to not have, well, we could have done that, we should have done that. To just have that yeah, moment like yeah. that. That's, that's, I think that's really important that you can have that kind of, like, cut off of, like. Yeah. yeah take, there, was always, there was always a part of me that. Um, that had never made the album we intended to make. 
you know, there was always that little part of me eating away at me for years to come that I'd never made Dookie. I'd never made, yeah. you know, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. I'd never yeah. made the album. Wait a sec. What we actually intended to do, we had a brilliant time. It was all amazing. Yeah. But we never did that. Mm. You know, so the last Busted album, um, Halfway There, we rectified that. You know, we went away. We went with Gil Norton, who produced uh, Foo Fighters yep. and these incredible bands, you know. And we went away. We made a proper little pop punk record. And I fulfilled that part of my soul. Closure. You know, it was a real closure for me. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, Busted will be in my life forever. Yeah. But if it wasn't, I would be ultimately happy with Busted in my life right now because I've made that record yeah. that made me go, okay, cool. Made a Busted record that sounds like the records that I wanted to make. Yeah. Oh, that's you know? lovely, mate. Yeah. Track six. Favourite song from an artist from your home county? This was hard because I didn't know there was any artists from my home county. When you threw this question at me, I was yeah. like, shit, I've got to think about this. Yeah. You know, and, um, and the only one I could find was The Jam. Mm. You know, literally I was like, where else is like, because we were kind of bordering Surrey, we're South, we were Kingston. Right. So we were like, South London's there and Surrey's here. But I went to school for a little while in Woking. Right. And like they're from Woking. Yeah. So I was like, right, okay, so I'll choose, I'll choose the jam. And I went for a big stage of loving the jam. Yeah. You know, they were kind of like, I think everyone has at one point kind of gone to a, come to a period of their life where yeah. they're like, oh, who's this? Wow, these guys are great. Starts with the you baseline know, as well. Starts with the baseline and the fucking most fun baseline <laughs> ever. What a fucking baseline. You know, baseline. exactly. It's so easy, but yeah. brilliant. You know, I've always tried to, um, on the last record, I tried to find these things. Yeah. You know, like I was like, what makes this great? Simplicity. Yeah. Simplicity is key. You know, we're not all Flea. You know, so we kind of like, and even Flea, when you break down his bass lines, they're simple but effective. Yeah. You know, like, so bass doesn't have to be this intricate. I always feel inadequate sometimes with the bass because I'm not playing these fucking primers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> like what, am, I, am I any good? Am I doing this yeah. right? You know, but actually, when I break it down, I listen to artists that I love and music yeah. that I love, simplicity is key. Cool. You know, and this is a massive example of that yeah. what a fucking track what a feel yeah. what a feel for the whole record you yeah. know like it's just like it's, it's got an urgency isn't it? urgency a driving force it really kind of um, um, my hairs are standing up talking about it like it really kind of um, it really affects me yeah. this song you know so um, this is why I picked this one and that the, the bass line's amazing when that organ comes in over I know. the top. It's, yeah, it's yeah. joyous it's it? It's really joyous exactly very good 12 word. Town Called Malice is um is uh, is one of those tracks, you know, like, and to be honest, I'd heard it since I was a kid. Yeah. You know, at every kind of like wedding, you know, like it was either this, and I mean, my my dad was a massive Madness fan, so yeah. like I was I, I wanted to put some. Uh, the other one I was going to pick for reminds me of being a kid is a Madness, some kind of Madness track, but um, it's the most chosen band. Is it really? Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. That's so right. funny. It, I, I reckon seventy percent of guests. Of really? chosen either baggy trousers or it must be love or embarrassment. Really, yeah. that's so funny. Yeah. That's so funny. It's, it's always the jam or madness. Really, that's yeah. amazing. Right, great. Wow, how fucking incredible. I'm so predictable, but um, <laughs> but, um, uh, but I am. Um, but it's um, yeah, man. Madness were a big thing for me. My dad was huge about madness, yeah. and I've seen them so many times live now. They're incredible, aren't you know, they? They're so great, man. They're so brilliant. They sound fucking incredible. They're fun to watch. Yeah. Sometimes the band is a bit off. Yeah. You know, but it's <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just they're just one of those bands that I would just never not smile at. Yeah. You know, like and um and I, I really feel like in some weird fucked up player. way, there's a fucking bass player too. Right. I've had betters on here. Oh, have you really? And, like, wow. He was cracking. Really yeah. amazing. What right. a bit, some solid bass lines. Yeah, solid bass lines. They're amazing. They're incredible. You know, and I really feel like um, 
like if I wanted to emulate someone's career, that's what I would like Buster yeah. to emulate. You know, like I would like us to be, you know, to be around when like they are yeah. doing, you know, playing to people that love them. I, I think Madness are massively underrated. I mean, yeah. I, I know they still feel the O2 when they do the, the Christmas yeah, yeah, shows yeah. and stuff. And, and, but I probably said it before on this podcast, but for me, you know, bands like the Kinks and the Jam and, 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 and bands and, and even things like the Streets that, that are quintessentially English and yeah. write vital music that everybody goes, yeah. Yeah. That's madness. 100%. But madness yeah, yeah. never get kind of, I don't know if it's because of the, the novelty videos that they've done in the 80s yeah. that they didn't get taken as seriously. But when you you look at songs like Embarrassment and, and the lyrical content of Embarrassment, to sing that at that point in in, in, in how England would have been then. Yeah, yeah. Brave, and it's like... Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're so right. And and I just think they're they're one of them bands that, you know, Wella gets credited constantly. Everybody yeah. will, will say just what an important band the Jam are, and mm. it's like, oh, madness. Yeah, like, madness is so important, you're right. They just get I think they fall into that, that, um, that scar category and get yeah. overlooked because of the specials. Yeah, you know, definitely. So it's like whenever that category's come up, specials top, yeah. you know, where, so they kind of, but they weren't, in a way, they the were first kind of album like, was yeah, 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 totally, yeah, exactly. It, it just becomes straight up great pop music. Great pop music, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And unfortunately, they fall into that category and they get lost in it when yeah. really they deserve their own. Yeah. Well, they just deserve to be in great pop music categories, yeah. you know, because um, they wrote incredible pop songs. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Like Love Struck, what a fucking song that was Do late you know in their what? career. Like, yeah. it really is. And yeah, yeah. I, I was literally talking about this last night. I went out with my pal last night and we was talking, like, we, we, was, we used to grow up, we was obsessed with Madness. And yeah. When we was like, probably when Madness had kind of gone right off the boil and no one was really talking about them in the, the sort of early 90s, we would go up to London, we would go to all these different places where they filmed the videos and we would just go yeah. and take photos of ourselves outside. We was obsessed. And, uh, and we was talking about it last night, and we was just discussing like because we went to the the Madstock gig, which was the first reunion right. um, at, at Finsbury Park. Wow! In like '92, I think, and uh, and they released Lovestruck around yeah, yeah. there. No, no, that came a little bit after that. And and we was talking about just what a brilliant single Lovestruck yeah. was. Amazing single. And Amazing. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I I it's up up there. My one of my favourite Madness songs. Yeah. It's just um. It's incredible. Falling for a lamppost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It. Um, okay, last track. So you get to play DJ, and uh, and I want to know if you can tell me a song that many people may not know that you would like them to hear. Um, okay, if it depends where I'm DJing, because okay. the song I've picked... You're not a Bagley's, mate. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not a Bagley's, and it's definitely not a floor filler. Yeah. Um, but this song means a lot to me. Like... Um, it's a band called No Twist, um, and um, it's a song called Consequence. And I remember um, Charlie introduced me to this song. Well, Charlie's brother introduced me to this song. And um, it was at the time when, like, towards the very end of Busted, and it was um, the first time round, and it was fucking miserable. Like, we were touring, and, not, and I, it just no one wanted to be in the car together. It was a really weird vibe. And so I lived in headphones. You know, like, every time we were kind of together... I would just put headphones straight on. And I remember driving through, um, and someone had given me this album, Neon Golden, and um, I had it in my you know, CD file thing that mm. I carried everywhere with me. And I'd never put it on. And so, um, so I put it on, I got told to listen to the song Consequence, so I, I skipped to it. And I had these headphones on, and we were driving through Germany, and a lot of driving through Germany was just 
autobahn, you know, mm. just driving by these really long roads that are really boring, nothing out the window to look at. And we're just looking out the window and listening to this song and kind of just tears rolling down my face. It was kind of a real, oh, really? really emotional moment for me. And I never behaved like that. Like, it was a real kind of, like, shock to me. And I was like, fuck, you know, what's going on? And I was really embarrassed and didn't know what to do. And I was kind of, you know, I was, I was kind of 21. I was, you know, probably hung over to hell, mm. you know, looking out the window and just, you know, I heard this music, which was just beautiful and just, you know, like, really did something to me. And I was just crying in the car and kind of trying to not make any noise, you know, and kind of, um, and we were in like, um, like a big people carrier. So like I was kind of in my own little mm. world, you know, but it was, um, and, um, and since then it's been a song which I've played multiple times. Um, and it's always had an emotional response to me, you know, it's always been, um, and no one knows it and no one knows who they are, you know, I listened I went, to it yesterday. I'd never heard it. Oh yeah. No one knows it. And it's, um, and it really, um, I mean, and I, like my wife has listened to it multiple times cause I used to play it when we come back from nights out and stuff like that at the end of the evening I put that one on and I'm like what's this and I'd be like it's no this is amazing <laughs> you know and the rest of their stuff I kind of like yeah like I kind of like it but this song yeah is just special and um and the whole sound of it it's like this trip poppy kind of thing which I'm not really into yeah but um for some reason this track just really grabbed me yeah and I listen to it all the time now it's a good one to listen to when you're traveling yeah yeah well, I do a Spotify playlist for coming to the podcast, so I'll add that to it so people can oh, listen great, to brilliant, all amazing. the things that uh, we've been speaking about today. Oh, wicked, brilliant. So what's, what's happening now, Matt? Uh, well, we're taking a bit of time. So Busted finished touring in September. We've kind of been on the road. I mean, if you count Muck Busted, which mm-hmm. was a fucking laugh, that we've kind of been on the road for seven, eight years, you know, kind of continuously. Mm. And we were just like, maybe a bit of time away from the band for a little while. Mm. So, I mean, I've always wanted to go to drama school, so I went back. And, um, and I'm kind of a full-time unemployed actor at the moment. Enjoying for, it, though? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I miss playing music so really? much. More than I thought I would. You know, like, um, you know, cause I've had periods in my life when I've just been acting. You know, like when Busted split up the last time, I did a solo record um, with Jason Perry and, yeah. that, and that record and we released that and then I had a period of like seven or eight years where I was just an actor and it was really fun I did some really cool in, in, in incredible things and I didn't really miss music if I'm honest I didn't miss playing music I really miss playing music right now I played bass this morning I got up and, and, and played a bit of bass and I was like oh, man I fucking miss this so um, I don't know if this this um, this timeout will be as long as we thought it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> but but we um we we haven't got a time limit on it. Like James yeah. is doing a solo record, Charlie's doing a solo record, I think, and um and I'm an unemployed actor, so we'll kind of see what happens, you know. Yeah. So it's um, but um but busted is something which we have not finished with, you know. It's yeah. um is we're going to keep doing this for the rest of our lives, hopefully, yeah. you know. So it's kind of nice to be in a position where we can put it position. down, put it down for a little while. And then come together, make some music together, yeah. you know. But everything starts with new music for us. And at the moment, it just didn't feel like the time to make new music. Like the yeah. last album really felt like the kind of end of something. And so now we're going to go away, come back with fresh ears and make some new music, you know. So it's um, so that's where we are right now. Wonderful. Yeah. Matt, thanks loads today, mate. mate. thank you, mate. Thanks a lot. It's been fun. There you go. Told you. What an absolute top gent. I had a cracking time um, chatting to Matt. Um, hope you got as much um, enjoyment out of that as, as I did recording it. Um, let us know what you thought um, when you see the uh, all the adverts for this podcast. If you can, give it a like, love, retweet, share and all that malarkey. That all helps. Um, if you want even more off the beaten track, then go and have a look in the back catalogue because there's 
bundles of episodes in there as, as we spoke about on there there's episodes with um, Bettas from Madness um, and the aforementioned uh, Jason Perry Adam Perry um, Dan P. Carter they're all in the same band um, and I've had them all on individually and they've all got great stories um, just go and have a route around in the uh, the back catalogue because you'll find loads of um, fun chats and if that's not enough I also have a Patreon page so each week um, I put a standalone episode out on Patreon as well. Um, you can find out about all of this at offthebeatentrack.com. Offthebeatentrackpodcast.com, that's the one. Uh, so go and have a look. Thanks again for listening, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah? Sorry. I've butted in yet again. I just want to quickly tell you about this magazine. It's called Pod Bible. Now, Pod Bible is the new essential guide to podcasts. It's put together alongside Spotify and Acast and it's a one-stop shop to tell you all about the podcasts you maybe know about, but definitely about a lot of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about. I mean, in the first edition, there's interviews with Adam Buxton, interviews with Craig Parkinson, and there's features on Jade Adams and there's just an abundance of of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there. Also, Spotify have given us these amazing little codes. So if you do get a print copy, you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone, scan the little code, and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device. How good's that? If you haven't managed to get a print copy, then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online because the digital version is all over there and it's all free so every other month there'll be a new edition out so go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well podbiblemag.com it's off the beat and track podcast on the distraction pieces network keep me stew with him Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. 
Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.